The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleya of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. We have a long way to go today. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Okay. Praise God. So, we are on the doctrine of tongues. The doctrine of tongues. Let's just do a quick recap. We said the Bible is a Christocentric document. It's Christ-centered. The context of the scriptures is Christ. The context of the scripture is Christ. The Bible is a compilation of books containing divinely inspired writings, profitable for Christian growth, development, and maturity. We looked at St. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24, um, 24 and 27, where Jesus um, began to unveil to them, to unveil himself. All right, out of the law and the prophet and the Psalms, the things concerning himself. Hallelujah. So we looked at St. Luke's Gospel 24, 24 to 27, and 24 and 44. All right, then we look at John chapter number 5, verse 39. All right, Jesus says, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, for they are they that testify of me. Praise God. So that means the scriptures actually are the testimony of Jesus. They testify of Jesus. Praise God. I said, praise God. Then in First Peter chapter number 1, verse 8 to 12, we saw the summation of the scriptures, the Old Testament writings in First Peter chapter 1, and verse 8 to 12, where it talks about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So we said that in the law or in the writings of Moses, we have the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow in typologies. Whereas in the prophets, we have the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow in words of prophecies. Praise God. Praise God. So, for example, when you read the Gospels, you will find that it is not the Gospel, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You are going to discover something interesting. You're going to find that the way they wrote it, they wrote it in such a way that you could connect the prophecies of the Old Testament to the incidences that they witnessed. Hallelujah. So, for example, the birth of Jesus, they will tell you according as Isaiah prophesied it. Praise God. All right. What happened at the cross? You will say, all right, Isaiah prophesied it. All right. What, what happened when uh, uh, um, he healed the sick in Matthew, chapter 8, verse 16? All right. So this, uh, what is, they say, this is a fulfillment of the scripture who says that is what he bore on himself are sicknesses and diseases. So what you find in the Gospels is that the Gospel is actually a sense knowledge account, glory to God, connecting the prophecies of the Old Testament to the fulfillment in the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So we said that revelation knowledge of the scriptures are a continuum. 
All right, they are a continuum. So you cannot say the Old Testament is the Old Testament and it is disconnected from the New. No, sir. No, the New Testament, all right, is in the Old Testament concealed and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. So when we read the New Testament, the New Testament are an explanation or a revelation of the Old Testament. Praise God. Praise God. So, for example, if there's any subject matter that you want to teach, if you cannot teach it properly from the Old Testament, glory to God, you don't understand it. Because it's in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Tongues is in the Old Testament. When Paul was making his argument for tongues, the Bible makes us understand, he uses what the words of Isaiah to explain it. He says, with men of other tongues, hallelujah, all right, with other tongues will I what speak to these people and they will still not understand. Isaiah, he uses Isaiah 28, 11, to teach tongues. Praise God. All right, because when you read, amen, the New Testament, they are just the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the old. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. They are the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the old. So when you see operations and supernatural occurrences in the Old Testament, you see that it also happens in the new. Amen. What is God telling us? God is telling you this is how I am. This is how my spirit operates. So we can actually believe to flow and to function in the very same operations and work the very same miracles of the Old Testament in the new. Why? It is the same spirit. Praise God. It is the same spirit. Now, let us continue. Hallelujah. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 7, I'm just doing a quick, quick wrap. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 7, and verse 37, all right, Jesus, on the last day of the feast, screams with a loud voice and said, If any man test, let him come unto me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of what? Living water. Then John puts it in parenthesis, trying to explain to you, all right, the meaning of that statement. Praise God. Because at the time when Jesus said it, John did not understand what Jesus said. Praise God. It was after John received the Spirit and many years later that he understood what Jesus said. All right, John now tells us, he said what? All right, he says, um, uh, go to verse 38. He says, this is speak of the spirit that would, uh, they that believe or receive him would receive. All right. For the spirit was not given because Jesus had not yet been what? Glorified. So yesterday we said that the glorification of Jesus, hallelujah, all right, is established or proven by the giving of the spirit. If Jesus was not glorified, God couldn't give the spirit because the body of Jesus had to be broken and Jesus had to be at the right hand, hallelujah, of the Godhead for man to qualify to receive what the Godhead in his own body. Hallelujah. A man had to be seated, hallelujah, in the highest place of authority for men to have what? The power of creation in their bodies. So until Jesus was glorified as a man, no man was qualified to receive the Spirit. So when in Acts 2, the believers there began to speak in tongues, it was proof that Jesus had been glorified. It was proof that a man was now sitting in the Godhead. Ayah, glory to God. A man was now sitting in Godhead. A man was sitting in the Godhead. God, 100% of God indwelt a man. I hope you know that in heaven, Jesus is not just God. Jesus is still a man. If Jesus was all God, he couldn't be our intercessor. The Bible says there is one man. 1 Timothy 2.5. 
that mediates between God and men, all right? He is even himself man. Glory to God. Think about that. What does that mean? It means that man, hallelujah, is represented by Jesus in the Godhead. Hallelujah. So the rights Jesus has as a man in the Godhead, I have. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let's continue. So Jesus says, if any man tests, we saw yesterday that, all right, the, uh, the waters of living, rivers of living waters are open to all that want it. Hallelujah. There is no exclusion. God does not exclude anybody. He said, if any man tests, hallelujah. If any man tests, let him come and drink. Let him come and drink. We explained that drinking there is believing. The man that believes in Jesus has drank of him. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. The man that believes in Jesus has drank of him. And the man that believes in Jesus has drank of the rivers of living water. The rivers of living water is who? The Holy Ghost. So if you have believed in Jesus, you have drank of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit were we all baptized into what? One body and have been made to drink into that one spirit. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Then we went on to Acts of Apostles chapter 2 and linked it up with Joel 2, 25 to 28. And we saw that in Acts of Apostles chapter 2, there were the sights and the sounds of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We saw that when it says, and there was a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, we saw that it was not an actual wind that filled the house where they were sitting. Because he uses a figurative expression. Turn to Acts of Apostles chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4. All right, so we're going to enter into the nitty-gritty. Glory to God. Hmm. Now, look what it says. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone said, this is a scripture that proves that God prophesied under accord in the Bible. They were all in one accord. So it was a miracle. 120 people were in one accord. One under accord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, if we're ignorant, people say, word. Hallelujah. Glory. What a miracle. It's like there was a time I was sharing the gospel with somebody, and the person said to me, he said, Pastor, oh, do you, I was studying my Bible today, and I saw a miracle. I said, what was a miracle? He said that Jesus, all right, was with, uh, he was um, um, feeding 5,000 uh, 5, men, all right? Uh, you know, when Jesus multiplied five loaves and two fishes, and he said that um, when Jesus took the bread and blessed it and gave it to disciples, he told disciples to let them sit down on the green, that is on the grass. So he now said, oh, there was no grass there. But when Jesus said, let them sit down on the grass, the grass appeared. I said, come on, man. Give me a break, man. Come on. Come on, man. Hallelujah. This is a revelation. It's a rema. Oludu. <laughs> All right, praise God. Let's continue. Acts 2. I say that reverently. Hallelujah. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, <laughs> they were all with one accord in one place. Now verse 2. Everybody with one to go. What does he say? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a what? Notice, you see, in Bible interpretation, you must pay attention to the kind of grammar used. The grammar is important. You see, for example, um, there are certain things you consider in Bible interpretation in hermeneutics. You consider the grammar used. You also have to consider the historical context sometimes. Hallelujah. So the grammar is important because it's in the grammar you understand what is said. The Holy Ghost is particular about the grammar because it's from the grammar we understand what he's saying. 
So, for example, when the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Holy Ghost inspired John to use the word logos. Hallelujah. You use logos. Now, that grammar, logos, is so powerful. Because logos is not just something said. Rema is something said. Logos is not just something said. Hallelujah. Logos, all right, in the Greek, all right, is logic. Logos in the Greek is explanation. Hallelujah. So when John calls Jesus the logos of God, John is saying Jesus explains God. Jesus is the explanation of God. If John had told a Greek guy, this guy is the logic of God, that Greek guy will remember the writings, hallelujah, of Aristotle and Heraclitus, who were great Greek philosophers who coined the words and used it frequently in their writings. And so, oh, this is the explanation of the universe, the explanation, because Aristotle was trying to let us know that there was a logos of matter. All right, in his write-ups. So John is saying the logos of matter, the logos of what we see and don't see is Jesus. That Jesus explains everything. By him, all things consist. So if you want to understand matter and materiality, Jesus. If you want to understand the invisible and God, Jesus. If you want to understand the heavens and the earth, Jesus, because he is the logos of God. Are you following? So the grammar is important because the grammar communicates to you the revelation, all right, of the spirit. Amen. I said, Amen. So it says, and suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where there is. So what filled the house was not the wind. What filled the house was the sound. The, the as of a, as of a is a figure of speech. Similarly, he's trying to tell you how the sound sounded like. Hallelujah. And it was not a physical sound. Because if it was a physical sound, every other person around that was not of the 120 would have heard it. But if you notice, if you read Acts of Apostles chapter 2, every other person that was around only commented on the tongues. So all they heard were the tongues. But what the 120 heard were all of this. Why? Because the 120 were the only spiritually alive people on earth. So because they were the only spiritually alive people on earth, they were the only ones who could hear the sights and sounds of the Spirit. Are you following? Are you following? So Acts 2.1.4 is telling you what happens to men who have come alive to God. Hallelujah. They can have, they would have supernatural utterance. They will have the capacity to make supernatural sound and have the capacity to hear supernatural sound. They will have the capacity to see into the realm of the spirit. Why? They are alive to God. They have received the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Don't limit yourself if you have received the Holy Ghost. Don't limit yourself if you have received the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we saw all that yesterday. We explained the signs that follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they lay hands on the sick, the sick shall what? Recover. All signs that this man is alive to God and is indwelt of the Spirit. Now, let us now dive into tongues. 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 What does it mean to speak in tongues? I remember, I think I've told you guys, uh, you know, 
um, story. Those of you watching online know I understand that's a weekday, so some folks are also in Boston at work. They are not able to make it down. Some people are still trying to get down here. But wherever you are, just pay attention. Praise God. Now, I remember when, all uh, right, I was a... Uh, was the particular ministry, and we're all told to get people, you know, talking in tongues. So, you know, my experience with getting people talking in tongues was whenever they came, I would just lay hands on them and just, you know, and the power of God overwhelmed them and they'll begin to talk in tongues. Praise God. I'm sure that's it for many of you. But, you know, I, I, I remember that I was in a meeting, I was holding that meeting with some of my friends, and um, some folks could not speak in tongues. Then I, I saw um, one of my friends getting, you know, because I had not them we were all in a particular ministry then where well, I was their leader all right and I had just been their leader for some months so there was this particular sister she was trying to get someone through the Holy Ghost and she laid hands on the person and the person was not saying anything so the person said she said oh it will come to you like you know like how babies talk you know like that how babies talk so it will come to you so it will come to you like ba 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 ma 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 pa 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 let me tell you something <laughs> Let me tell you something very interesting and important. If you go and tell someone to be saying Papa, Mama, Papa, Mama, there's no power there. What makes tongues authentic is not the sound. I will show you, don't worry, we look at it from scripture. It's not the sound. It's not Mama. It's not Sakata, Sakata. It's not Toyota Bale Silicalo. No. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Django, 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 on chain, Django, on chain, Django, 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 uh, my brother. It's not that. It's not in the sound. It's the spirit. The spirit is the causation of the sound. If the spirit is not there, the sound is empty. Hallelujah. The sound is empty. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's continue. Let's look at tongues. First Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Let's define tongues. Now from verse 1. Tongues. The word tongues, all right, is from the Greek glossa. And glossa means languages. All right? It means languages. The act of speaking in tongues, in the Greek is glossa lalia. Glossa lalia, that is, the, um, lalia or laleo is speaking, while glossa is tongue. So it's a compound word in the Greek, glossa Lalia, the act of speaking in tongues or speaking in languages. Are you following? Are you following? That is what Glossa Lalia is. That's what speaking in tongues is. Now look at First Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 1. Everybody read one, two, go. It says what? Follow after charity. That's love. All right. Not charity, charity. There's charity here. We're not following you. Follow after love or charity. And desire what? Spiritual gift. He now says, but rather that ye may what? Professor. Rather that ye may what? Prophesy. Hmm. That's interesting. But let's go on. Verse 2. Now we see definition of tongues. Everybody we want to go. It says what? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now notice that unknown is in italics. Praise God. Now unknown being in italics does not reduce all right, the, um, the, the, what the, the interpreters or the translators are trying to tell us. Because the word unknown there is the Greek agnostos. All right, it means without knowledge, without cognition. So when he says unknown tongue, he's saying that it is unknown to someone. Now we're going to see who the tongues are unknown to. Amen. So he says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto what? Men, but unto what? 
God, for no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh what? Mysteries. So now, we've now seen the definition of tongues. We've seen that when a man speaks in tongues, the object of his speech is not another man. Are you following what I'm saying? You are not addressing another man when you are speaking in tongues. The person you are addressing is God. He says, for he that speaketh in an, in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now, if he is speaking unto God, it means that there is a discussion going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means that tongues is an avenue to discuss with God. But you see, in tongues, the discussion is such that because it is the spirit uttering the words that's coming out of your mouth, it is what you are saying and what God is saying is in the, in the tongues. So tongues has both what? Request and solution. Oh, hallelujah. Do you understand what I just said? Do you understand what I just said? So, for example, when you are speaking in tongues, you are asking for something. The answer to what you are asking for is in the stream of the tongues. Because tongues is discussion. Speaking in tongues is not a monologue. Speaking in tongues is a what? Dialogue. You are dialoguing with God when you are speaking in tongues. Because you are conversing with him in the spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are, so it is conversation in the spirit. Conversation in the spirit. So he says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. So now listen, he says no man understands him. So because no man understands him, no man can respond to what he has said. Praise God. However, because God understands that God can respond to what he has said. Are you with me so far? Praise God. Which means when you are speaking in tongues, you are having a conversation. The sad thing is, it is a conversation. Many are not aware that as they are talking, God is responding. Hallelujah. This is why Paul hammers on interpretation. Because when you begin to interpret your tongues, you will be able to be, get to get what? What exactly God said back to you. In the utterance gift, you will, should never get, in, in, when you've mastered utterance, hallelujah, you will never be in a situation where you will say, I didn't know what God was saying to me. It's not possible. Because what God is saying to you is in the tongues. It's a discussion. He says, albeit in the spirit, he speaketh what? Mysteries. Now, the word mysteries is a Greek word, mousterion. Mousterion. Now, remember, the revelation, the intent, what the spirit wants to communicate is in the grammar. Hallelujah. It's in the word grammar. So, when a grammar is used, there is a wisdom and intelligence of the spirit behind the grammar. So, when he says mousterion, what is he saying? The word mousterion, are you with me so far? Have I lost you? No, you guys are spirit bred, spirit born. I cannot lose you. Praise God. Now, the word mysterion actually is a word, all right, that actually is popular among the Greek cults. Greek cults. Among Greek cults, what happens is that when they have Greek cults, they discuss, you know, things and discuss knowledge. But the things that they are discussing is only known to them. 
It is not known to those outside of their court. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? So that means mystery is relative. What is mystery to those outside is not mystery to those inside the court. Aya, do you understand? Are you following? So that means when the things of that mystery are being communicated, how you will know who is in the court and who is not in the court is by who? Who understands? Yes, sir. Amen. In other words, how we will know who is in and who is out is in who has the spirit and who doesn't. Praise God. So understanding of spirituals is a differentiating factor amongst men. Aye. Praise God. Praise God. It's a differentiation factor amongst men. Amen. I said amen. So you see, it says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Albeit in the spirit, he speaketh what? Mysteries. So this man is speaking, all right, in tongues, he's speaking mysteries. Glory to God. He is speaking mysteries. Now, let us look at something very Powerful about speech. Speech. Speech is actually a demonstration of the intelligence of the creature speaking. Because when a man speaks, he has decided within himself what he wants to communicate. Is that correct? Then why? He crafts those he wants to communicate into words. Then he communicates it. Is that correct? Now, you can measure the level of intelligence, the level of knowledge of a man, his awareness, based on what he says. Praise God. Now, if tongues, glory to God, is your spirit speaking, let us even look at that. Look at verse 3, quickly. The speaker mysteries. He that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and what? Comfort. Now, prophecy, you are speaking to men. So, prophecy, you don't prophesy to God. You prophesy to men. God does not need exhortation. God does not. God is not going. Oh my God! I need some comfort, man. All right, praise me now. I need to be comforted. I need to be comforted. I need some prophesy to me, man of God, because I need some exhortation. Amen. No, men need comfort um, and prophecy. Is it? But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to exhortation and exhortation and comfort. Now, verse four. Everybody read one, two, go. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Ah. Uh. All right, but he that prophesied edified what? Hold on, let me ask you a question. I think this class, I think this class are not, you know, they're not in primary level. I think I can, I can see that some, yeah. But let me ask you a question How does prophecy edify the church? How is it that the person was prophesied? For example, if I came and prophesied, thus said the Lord, you are all dying. Are you edified? Are you edified? All right. The word edify there is a Greek oikodomio. Oikodomio means to build. Oikodomio means to build. All right, it communicates being able to incite, to charge, to establish somebody. Hallelujah. So that means what prophecy does in edification is that it establishes you. Now, how does it establish you through what he said? Is that correct? Is what he said. So that means what he said. Now, how does what is said establishes and builds you when the person is prophesying. Praise God. All right. What is said establishes you through the information being passed across to you in the words that is said. 
Are you following? So, for example, if someone comes here and says, Thus said the Lord, you are the temple of the living God. My righteousness, says the Lord. You are the demonstration of my righteousness. I have filled you with my spirit. I have filled you with my wisdom. So, walk in wisdom. Walk in power. Walk in righteousness. For I have enabled you, says the Lord. What is the person doing? As the person is talking, revelation is coming to you through what he said. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelation is coming to you through what he said. Illumination is coming to you through what he said. Sometimes, as the person is prophesying, you begin to jump, you begin to dance. You understand? A ministry of the Spirit is happening through what is prophesied. Now, the same word used for edify for the church is the same word used for edify for yourself. It means that when you are speaking in tongues, glory to God, light is coming from your spirit. Illumination is coming from your spirit. And where is that illumination coming from? All right. It is coming in what is being said. Hallelujah. But that edification of your inner man, all right, does not involve your mind. Your mind is not aware of the meaning of what your spirit is saying. Now, your spirit man knows what he is saying when he's speaking in tongues. Because it is your spirit that is speaking. Oh, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesied edifieth what? The church. Hallelujah. 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 Now, let's go to verse 14. Now, I want you to follow. Follow. Amen. Follow quickly. Amen. So, when you are speaking in tongues, don't just speak mechanically. Some people get into that rot. You understand? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Go, 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 go. No, 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 no. Listen. Understand that your spirit is the most intelligent part of you. The, the intelligence of your spirit, man, the intelligence of your spirit, all right, because he has been born of God, it's at par with the spirit of God. So when you are speaking in tongues, you are speaking high-level wisdom. High-level wisdom. You are communicating from a dimension that is strange to this world. So you're doing so you must pay you should pay attention that's why you, you, you should be speaking in tongues and you are tweeting there's an information the spirit is trying to pass your mind all right that whatever is trending on twitter will be all, because your mind needs to be free for the spirit of god to speak and for you to take notice are you are you paying attention i said are you paying attention don't do mindless praying in tongues. You know mindless praying in tongues. No. You won't be able to maximize that exercise. Amen. Now, look at this. Can we read verse 14? Talk to me. For if I pray what? My what? My what? My what? Now, hold on, hold on. Let's look at it. He says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So that means, when I'm going, Maligos fraatizura kajide retezombagi laandigos savika dosande, what is going on is my spirit you cannot see as taking a hold of my tongue. Now, what, my, what the sound my tongue is making is what you are hearing. But there is what my spirit is actually saying. So the person that knows what he is saying is my spirit. Are you following? 
This is why when you hear another man speaking in tongues and you want to understand or give meaning to it, you have to give meaning via the gift of what? Interpretation of tongues. Where is the gift of interpretation of tongues in your spirits? Are you following? Are you following? Why? Because the word interpretation of tongues is the Greek word emenia. Emenia means to give meaning. So, in interpretation of tongue, what is going on is that because I have the same spirit as you do, and we are at the same frequency, the spirit, when you speak in tongues, I just have to pull what you are saying from the same radio station because we are on the same network. Are you following? So, what is going on is, if someone... Oh, hallelujah. Sigarakatati. Hi. Hi. I was remember one time like that. I was watching Crafodola. Crafodola was ministering. So as he was laying hands on people, he got to a woman. And as he was about to lay on hand on her, she started speaking in tongues. Why well, sounding tongues? So when she started speaking in tongues, she was like, No, 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 no. You come out of her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What happened? The sound she was making sounded like what the sound everybody was making. But he discerned that the spirit within was not the Holy Ghost. Are you following? Are you following? So, the power of tongues is not the sound. Any actor can mimic the sound. He can say, ah, what is bababashebe? For example, everybody, in fact, some people are typing kabaya. <laughs> Satoshi. Satoshi. Kabaya. Kabroski. Kabroski? <laughs> Do you know what tongues? You cannot write tongues. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? What is Satoshi? What is Kabroski? What is Kabaya? Glory to God. Because you are, you, you are trying to write as it sounds. But the power is not in how it sounds. It's in the spirit that is, oh yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. It is in the spirit within that is, you know, emitting. So you see, the energy is from the spirit. Then the energy is coming out of your spirit and it has taken a hold of your tongue. Are you following? Now, he's moving your tongue, but the person controlling your tongue is the spirit. Now, why is it necessary for your tongue to make a sound? Because the words uttered in tongues must be heard in the earth realm. Hallelujah. They have to be heard in the earth realm because you are on the earth realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when the earth realm hears the sound, it is not what is said that they pay attention to. They are conscious of the spirit. Remember, it was by the spirit that God created the heavens and the earth. So every single thing created remembers how the spirit sounded like. Recognizes the presence of the spirit. Glory to God. So the power is in the spirit, not in our sound. So some of you are always particular about how your songs sound like. Have you noticed that? Oh, they say, oh, you do ba 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 ba. Now it's good for your tongue to get better. Because when your tongue's get better, it is evident that you are getting better in mastery of the gifts. Hallelujah. But do not think that that diminishes the power emitted. No, it doesn't. Why? Because the power is in the spirit, not in what is said. Praise God. No, not in what the tongue sounds like. 
So someone can say, ba 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 koto bo 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 bo, and you can say, ka ba 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 ba, and say, toss the Lord one thing, and he says, ba 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 koto bo bo bo, and he says, toss the Lord another thing, ka ba 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 koto bo bo bo, and he says, another thing. I'm what is ba 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 koto bo bo you have been saying now? Ba 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 koto bo, koto bo, koto bo. How can koto bo mean this? Listen, because it is what the spirit is saying what the spirit means to communicate that is where the power is not in how it sounds glory to god glory to god glory to god but you see as you grow in mastery the sounds differ amen it's deeper, you know. So in mastery. So in ma- as you grow in mastery, your tongue is now able to better express the gifts. Hallelujah. Better express the gift. So it becomes beautiful. But the power of the spirit is the same power. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? I said, Are you with me so far? So now. Can you communicate? You can get to a point in tongues where two people who have gone mastery of utterance can actually bypass the mind. <laughs> when two people, well, you can talk to somebody in tongues and the person can, so for example, two people can talk in tongues and this guy talks in tongues, he has the interpretation and he t- talks to that man and that man hears what he says, has the interpretation talks back to him. You understand? Now, everybody, all right, is locked out of the conversation. Why? Except they have the interpretation. Now, I want you to imagine a Holy Ghost service where people who have mastered tongues and interpretation are flowing in it. Praise God. Now, I've told you many times that all of the gifts of the spirits are tied to utterance. You know, there can be word of knowledge inside tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So I can speak in tongues, and the tongues I'm speaking is a word of knowledge. There can be word of, word of knowledge inside what? Inside word of wisdom inside tongues. Why? Remember, it is the spirit. Amen. It is not the sound. So it is the spirit. So the spirit can give a word of wisdom in a tongue. But for it to come as a word of wisdom to the people, it has to be what? Interpreted. The spirit can give a word of knowledge in a tongue. But for the people to understand, it has to be what? Interpreted. The spirit can move in power in a tongue. But the spirit, to, uh, for, for, for the people to respond, there has to be an instruction. Rise up. Stand up. You are healed. You understand things like that? So every single gift of the spirit, all right, is launched. Hallelujah. When you press the launch codes of tongues. So tongues are the doorway into the supernatural. Tongues is the ignition. Tongues is how you start things up. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? I said, are you with me so far? So he said, all right, for if I pray. Now, notice something that is powerful and you need to notice. Paul says, for if I pray. If I pray. If I pray. Now, if I pray in a tongue, what does that tell us? It tells us that praying in tongues is an act of your will. If I pray. So that means I can start praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I pray. Remember what I explained to you yesterday. That when you see how God instructed Moses about the miracles, God told him, drop the rod. And he dropped it. 
All right? Then he tells him, pick it up by the tail. And when he picked it up by the tail, it became a rod in his hand. Then we find out that when Moses stands before Pharaoh, God did not tell him anything again. He told him at the encounter, when you get to Pharaoh, this is what you do. When Moses got there, he did exactly what God told him to do. And it worked. Hallelujah. So he was able to do it at will. Why? Because God, you see, because what God does is this. All right? The gifts of the Spirit always look as though it's dependent on God when we don't understand how the gift works. When we don't understand the workings of the gift. When we don't understand how to yield. And it does take time to yield to the individual gifts. All right? It does take time to yield to the Spirit. Because, you see, you have grown up in the physical dimension for so long. So, when the Spirit of God is trying to mentor you, in the spirit realm, you, you find it difficult to switch. And that's the challenge sometimes. Some will live to 90 years and not know. Kenneth Hagin was saying one thing one time. He said, if we were able to fully maximize this thing. Ah, some of you, I don't know many of you have, have noticed this thing. Have you gotten to a point where you pray? You pray and it's as though you're about to leave your body. You understand? You are praying. Then all of a sudden, your mind, you have to come back. Whoa. You pray to the level where you, you lose track. Have you, have you ever prayed to a level where you lose track of time? Where you're like, you know, you pray, pray, pray. Then after you check the time and you find it's five hours when you thought it was 30 minutes. Why? Because in the realm of the spirit, the deeper you go, the less conscious of time you are. The deeper you go, the, the, the more the realities of this physical dimension loses relevance. Loses relevance. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will step into time. You see, a man has cancer. Holy Ghost steps into time, takes him out of time, corrects what is wrong with the guy, and puts him back. Hallelujah. So he comes back and church. Oh, nothing is going on. You understand? Why? Because, oh, hallelujah. Because in eternity, out of time, there is no such thing as corruption. Corruption and decay is a measure of time. So you take the guy out of time, corruption disappears. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why when you want speed in your business, take the business out of time. Are you following? When you want speed in your career, take it out of time. How do you take it out of time? You take that matter in the Holy Ghost and begin to talk in tongues. And when you do that, the natural laws are suspended. Why? Because spirit, speech, is not subject to natural laws. The laws that are natural came from the spirit. They are sup- they are what subordinate to the spirit. When the spirit shows up, they bow. Let me give you an example. How many of you remember that time when Peter was in jail? An angel shows up in Peter's jail cell. He shows up there. Then he says, "Come, wear your wear your clothes and let's go." The Bible lets us know that the chains that were in Peter's hand they just loosed. The angel didn't say, come, let me get that key and lose it for you. No. All right? The chains had enough intelligence to know that when that realm enters in, I have to give way. Are you following what I'm saying? Then they get to the gate. The Bible says that the gate opened to them of its own accord. The gate had enough intelligence. Why? It is subject to the spiritual. Hallelujah. When you are praying in the Holy Ghost, what you are doing is that you are taking that matter out of time. 
Because in time, there will be, you know, where you see the time has passed for the application of this thing. All right, you see, ah, if you came last week, eh, we would have been able to do something about it. Eh? Our boss, hallelujah, has said it has closed. We've had a meeting and closed it. In time, if you are trying to do it, it will not work. So you are telling what you should do. Because you see, in the realm of the spirit, we can accelerate time, then we can take it back. Yes, so sir. we can rewind and we can fast forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you take things in prayer, the thing they approve, you will go back in the spirit before the meeting held. Are you, are you following what I'm telling you? Yes, sir. You go back. And you now begin to say, in the name of it's mine. It is mine. In the name of Jesus. It's mine. For some reason, they will say, let us revisit the recruiting process. Then they will say, why didn't you pick this one? Why didn't we pick this one? Let's call the person again. That's why you now be saying you now call it divine word intervention. It is the meddling of the spirits in the affairs of time by taking those affairs outside of time. Praying in the spirit is a cheat code. Hallelujah. It's a what? It's a cheat code. Hallelujah. It's a cheat code. It is the demonstration of the favor of God. So those who have believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a cheat code. Because when you pray in tongues, you are speaking spirit. You are not even when someone says, Oh, that you know, when you are speaking in tongues, you are supposed to be, uh, you are supposed to, how do they say? They say you are supposed to be speaking Italian, you didn't lean in Italian, you're supposed to be speaking um, Hebrew, mean, you understand? <laughs> you understand all the kind of stuff. You don't understand this thing. It's not just language, it wants to be languaging. No. It's more powerful than that. Hallelujah. So for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. So that means my mind does not understand. Now, verse 15, what does he now say? 15 says, what is it then? Listen, he says, what is it then? I will what? Pray. Now notice, he says, I will. Who will? Who will? Uh-huh. Who will? Who will? I. Is it God that will? No. It is I that will. He says, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. Notice something. He does not say, I will pray with an understanding. He says, I will pray with what? The understanding. The understanding is definite article. Because the Spirit, when He speaks, there is an understanding in what the Spirit says. So the D understanding is what the Spirit is actually saying. All right? So he's saying, I will pray with the Spirit. Then I will also pray in the understanding that my mind has, hallelujah, of what the Spirit is saying. So that I, my mind can be brought into the fellowship of what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. And the people around can be blessed. All right? Being brought into the fellowship of the Spirit is saying. Let me show you something. Digression. First Corinthians 2. Are you getting blessed? Praise God. Hey, first Corinthians chapter number two and seven. First Corinthians two and seven. So you see, when you're speaking in tongues, don't just speak mechanically. Sometimes, all right, listen, do it like this. Do it with the intent of making conversation with the Holy Ghost. You know what imagination is. Imagination is image what? Generation, correct? Correct. Ah, why do you think it gave you an imagination? Many times when I'm praying, 
I use my imagination. I, I imagine scriptures while I pray. I imagine, you know, all right, the word when I pray. So when I'm praying in tongues, I just go, and I flow in interpretation. So many times I just like talking to the Lord in tongues. And I find that when I'm talking to the Lord in tongues, as it's coming out of my mouth and it's going to him, it is in understanding. There's no mystery. Hallelujah. Because the spirit is plain. The mystery is in your mind. Because your mind is not born again. Hallelujah. Your mind needs to be informed by the spirit, what the spirit is saying. Because your spirit, hallelujah, is born of God. All of the wisdom of God is in your spirit. It's like this. How many of you know that all of the information you would need has been loaded in the internet? All you have to do is to what? Download. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? So, for example, your phone, all your phone does is your phone, when it connects to the internet, it just goes on Google or whatever platform and gets whatever it needs. So, it means the information is stored up there. It is the same thing with your spirit. The moment you got born again, all the wisdom you will ever need was deposited in your spirit. All the knowledge you ever need is in your spirit. All right? But your spirit functions at the speed of light. Your mind does not. So your mind functions on a slower mind. Uh, what do you call this stuff? This processor. What is a processor? What? You know, uh, what? Uh, maybe what? I don't know. Is it bandwidth? You know, you know when they say fast, but whatever RAM or whatever. So your mind is slower at processing. So what your spirit gets? Your mind is loading. You know what I'm talking about? Is loading. You understand? You understand? So many times, so what goes on is that's why the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the word, renew of your mind. A renewed mind is able to properly interpret the signals of the spirit. So sometimes God can tell you, a word can come to you and says, I've made you big on the earth. I've made you big on the earth. For you shall be magnified on the earth for my glory. Men shall look at you, look at you, and look at all that you built, and it will be magnified in their eyes. And you, and through you, many shall be drawn to my kingdom. If your mind is not renewed, you will think, you will take that word, the signal you bring, and you will reduce it to the capacity of your mind. Praise God. You will start saying things like, Lord, I'm not worthy for this thing. You understand? Stuff like that. But I'm not worthy to stand in your presence. You're not worthy. Eh. Temple of God is not worthy. Who is worthy? It's not humility. It's rubbish. Amen? When, you, when I have visions of Jesus like that, I just thank you, Lord, for making me worthy to behold your face. Hallelujah. And if, you know, he smiles. He's not saying, what are you feeling like? Oh, he made you. Say that with me. Thank you, Lord, for counting me worthy, for making me worthy to behold your face. Say it again. Thank you, Lord, for making me worthy to behold your face. First Corinthians 2 and verse 7. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the easing wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. God ordained before the world unto our glory. That's a lot of stuff there. It's the same thing with Titus chapter 1, verse 2, all right, and Romans 8, 26, 27. The mystery God ordained before the world unto our glory is Christ in you. Hallelujah. Christ in you. Eternal life, all right, through Christ for all men. That is the mystery. Now, next verse, 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 uh, verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, verse 9. Everybody read one to go. It says, but as is written, high hath not what? Sin. 
nor what? Hear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that what? Love it. So that means there are things God has prepared. I have not seen it. The eyes there are natural, all right, because the context is man, the art of man, all right, the natural man, all right, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, verse 10, it says what? But God had what? Revealed them unto us by what? By what? For the Spirit searcheth what? How many things? That word search is where you, you, can, you can actually, if you're going to use modern language, you can use the word scan. So is God. How many of you have ever, you know, used a system and the system or a, a, an app is scanning, it's looking for something? You know, it says scans. It scans all things. Scans all things. So it searches, 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 and says 18 items found. Searches, 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 20 items found. Now, many a times, what we don't know is that when you are praying in tongues, you are engaging the ability of the spirit to find things. Glory to God. So locate things. You want to do something. You don't know what to do. Just start praying in tongues. As you are praying in tongues, what is going on? All right? You are engaged that ability of the Spirit that knows, yeah, the deep things of God. You begin to scan. You begin to scan until you lay hold of what you should do. Hallelujah. That's how we tell folks. If you pray in the Spirit, it's not done about a matter until you know what to do. If you don't know what to do, you are not finished in prayer. You need to pray until you know. Look at them. Pray until you know. He said, God, 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 I reveal them unto us by spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yet deep things of God. Now, everybody, verse 11. Read. One to go. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save what? The spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth what? No man, but the spirit of God. So what is he saying? He's saying, basically, you cannot know the things of a man, all right, except the spirit of that man himself. He now says also about God, you cannot know the things of God except what? The spirit of God. Now, if he stops there, we say, oh, okay. Only the spirit of God knows the things of God. I mean, we are finished. We can't hear no man's stuff. Um, the Holy Ghost knows um, God's stuff. Well, look at what he says next. Everybody read verse 12. One, two, go. Now, we have received. Not what? But what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we might know the things that are what? Hey, it means that because of the Spirit of God that we have, there is nothing in God we don't have access to. There is nothing in God we, have, we don't have access. We have access to all the deep things of God. He didn't say surface things. He said deep. Hallelujah. 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 The man with the spirit is deep. The man with the spirit is intimate. Hallelujah. With God. All right. He needs to walk in the consciousness of that intimacy. The Holy Ghost is closer to you than the air that you breathe. Now, when you are talking in tongues, you are talking spirit. When you are talking in tongues, you are exercising the spirit of the man, all right, that has been born again. When you are talking in tongues, you are exercising supernatural and divine intelligence. Because when you are talking in tongues, you are speaking willfully the wisdom, all right, of the ages that the spirit knows. Hallelujah. 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 There is no greater demonstration of the fusion between God and man than tongues. 
Because in tongues, God has entered man, taking a hold of his intellect, taking a load of his faculties, and he's speaking through him. Praise the Lord. We now say, why is it that tongue sounds like gibberish? It's easy. It's easy. It's because your tongue, this is your tongue, cannot, how, how would I put it? Cannot, hallelujah, your tongue cannot, your tongue cannot accurately capture what is being said. It can just try. That is why I said, the power is not what it sounds like. The power is in the spirit. You see, the spirit, in the spiritual, your spirit knows in a moment. Hallelujah. It knows. It just knows. So that's why you can look at somebody that you have never met before and know things about him. By the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's by the spirit. So your, your tongue, your tongue is just, you know, your tongue is, is connected to your spirit. Let me just show you one last thing, then we pray. Luke chapter 16. We have this story of Lazarus. Hallelujah. Lazarus. Lazarus and the rich man. It's a peep into hell. <laughs> Luke 16, let's look at from verse 10. A peep into hell. Someone said, if God is a good God, why will he send people to hell? I'm <laughs> like, well, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You go there by choice. It is love's nature to let you decide where you want to be. In Genesis, God divided the darkness from the light. Is that correct? All right. And he called the light, the, the light day, and he called the darkness what? Night. And, you know, in the law, it says, choose ye this day. Say choose. There is life, which is light, and there is death, which is darkness. You choose. So the man that went to hell, goes to hell, chose hell. Praise God. No man will be in hell who never had the opportunity to choose life. Praise the Lord. So I say, what of people that have not heard the gospel? I don't know, I'm not God. God will not. Ah. Have you forgotten that God, without a man's influence, was able to talk to Cornelius? Did you notice that? You notice that? It was an angel that told Cornelius about Peter. It was a vision of Jesus that made Paul know that he was on the wrong path. So don't let us limit God with our brain. Praise the Lord. Don't let us limit God with our brain. God is going to know how you said to them. It's not my business. My is I will preach the gospel. You see, there are certain questions that are too high for you. So there are some folks, instead of going to preach gospel, they'll be asking stupid questions. Please, God, to know. You see, what will happen to those who that have not heard? Uh, let's go and reach them now. Let's go for evangelism. We'll not go. To be asking stupid questions, you know that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, uh, you see, what are those people? I'm just wondering about it. Um, uh, is there any answer? Okay. No, we'll find answer. Let us go and preach the gospel now. So that, you understand? <laughs> Don't tell you that. It tells you that the inspiration of that question is not the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to discern when people are asking questions, not because they want to know, but because they are backsliding. There are certain questions that will come out of your mouth because you're backsliding. Are you following what I'm saying? You're going to preach the gospel. You say, eh, eh, well, all these pastors, all these pastors, all these pastors, how does that one concern preaching the gospel? <laughs> you say, you're talking about pastors. What happened to the pastor? Is your pastor one of them? No. So what's your problem? 
Oh, these pastors, eh, this one did this, this one did this. Okay, which one, your pastor, which one did he do? He didn't do anything. So what's your problem? Your pastor is very happy. Okay, but thank God. I'm going to preach the gospel now. You back, you are back. And you know one thing about the devil? Did you know? <laughs> you know, you know there is no worse activity than picking beans when you are not cooking beans. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? You know when you are picking beans, you just you know you, you just say ah, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. Then you just go to the kitchen, pack beans and start picking. You understand? <laughs> uh, 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 or or melon. You know, you are not making a good see. You just ask. Let me tell you something. The devil is an expert at giving people beans to pick. <laughs> oh boy, you don't know who this devil is. The devil is an expert at giving people beans to pick. You have you noticed that useless conversations? All right, time flies and you are not aware. Since we lost company, we now begin to talk about the church. You know, we have the state of the church, and they are talking for six hours. Let's pray about the church. In five minutes, they slept. <laughs> the devil gave them beans to pick for six hours. And as they are talking, the more they talk, the weaker they are. The more they talk, the weaker they are. The more they talk, the zeal for the house of God is going down. Hallelujah. Beware of people who, whenever they come to your space, it is man of God and church they are talking about. The devil is using them to sap zeal out of you. Remember, zeal is like fire. It burns, but there is something about fire. It has the tendency to burn out. It has the tendency to burn out. The more you are listening, the more you are talking. Stop, stop, stop trying to convince. Stop trying to explain. I mean, no, 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 no. You are, look, you will find out that you are nothing better after that conversation. You will get to church and begin to look for fault. Praise God. You now begin to notice that the pastor greeted one sister one kind. Are you following what I'm saying? You now begin to notice funny things that you are not. I'm not even know what I'm talking about. You have a conversation. You now begin to notice things. <laughs> Mister Noticer, let me tell you something. You are being in. You are interning for the what? The ministry of condemnation of the devil. Hallelujah. And it's like that. The devil seduces. The devil entices. When the devil is seducing someone, the person will not know. That is why it is called seduction. To seduce you. It gives you something will break out on Twitter. It gives you something will break out. It gives you. Then, then, then you now begin to, you know, one day I was thinking about it. Something happened. An atheist were commenting on the Christian issue. An atheist, he didn't have the spirit. All right. A Muslim concerned about the, the thing, but he doesn't have a Holy Ghost. All right. He was commenting on that. And I noticed that some Christians were commenting and siding with the atheist, with the humanist. And the, you understand? So as the thing was going, I was I was even thinking then at the point I was I was even thinking, yes! Ah! Then I said, hold on! What's happening here? How am I being enticed to agree with a man that doesn't have the spirit concerning a spiritual matter? What does he know about the spiritual matter? He's alien to the realm. How can he explain it? How can he give judgment that is sound? He can't because he's not part of it. It's like giving opinion about a culture and not a member. You don't know the language. You don't know the culture. You don't know anything there. You don't belong there. How can you give an opinion? Hey. You see, be very careful. 
Because many people don't realize it. It's enticing. So check it. You'll find out that when those matters come up, you will find something. You say, I, I can't bring myself to go to church. And they feel they are doing something. <laughs> Is the devil playing Ludo with your brain? No. Hey. They've just given you pixies. <laughs> They're giving you pixies. You think? <laughs> They've just given you pixies. You think you will stand in front of Jesus. And when he asks you, give an account of his stewardship. You will say, Lord, I was working for you. But you see, I saw some of the things some of your children did. How they sinned. So I stopped working for you. Hey, guys, you to hear it. No, are you following? Hear what you just said. I say, Lord, I didn't go to church because all your children, they are hypocrites. Lord will now ask you, are they not hypocrites at your place of work? Was your boss not an hypocrite? When you promoted the girl he was sleeping with and didn't promote you, did you quit? Why is it that it was the hypocrites in the church that especially let you abandon telling people that I died for them, including you? Can't you see the devil has deceived you? Deceived you. He has made a non-issue that does not concern you. The issue you are carrying on your head. Instead of carrying, you see, let me tell you something about the devil. When he sees a believer carrying the gospel on his head, he will watch him, watch him, and begin to look the place, all right, what he can put on that believer's head to carry. You didn't get what I just said. He wants to replace the load. So have you noticed some people, they were carrying gospel with passion before. Now they are not activists. Are you following? Whenever something breaks out of Twitter, they will carry it. We want justice. We want peace. We want justice. You understand? You switch it. Remember that time of answers? When everybody was shouting, we want justice. If you check it, sometimes some of us Christians were overrun with passion that during that period, we hardly shared the gospel. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? We made it that no, gospel is not the front burner now. It's, we want to answers. Did you? Did it end? <laughs> did it end? It is not by might. It is not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. Stop letting the devil give you beans to pick. Useless activity that has no eternal relevance. Useless. Hallelujah. Useless. You don't see finer than Kim Kardashian. You now begin to argue. You begin to argue. You begin to argue. You begin to argue. We need to argue. APC versus PDP. We not begin to argue. He's a stupid man. I think he's a man. Oh, and we need to argue. Then we now not talk to each other. We will now block each other. No DM. On what? On what? Listen. Do not let the devil make you exchange. All right, the eternal for the mundane. The moment you carry the gospel on your head, you are a target. Note it. The Bible says, let him that stand takes heed, lest he what? He fall. It means the potential for falling is there. That falling there is not falling away from your salvation. The falling there is falling into sin. Take heed. You're very alert. Let offense come in your heart. Let a root of bitterness come up in your heart and many be defiled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, oh, let's open Luke 16. Okay. Can we go to verse, I think the power says a, tells a story about Lazarus. 
and the rich man. I think that is uh -huh, 20. All right, can we read one to go? It says, and there was a certain what? Beggar named what? Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. 21. Everyone read one, two, go. It says what? All right. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, by the way, before you start saying, oh, the rich man was a bad man, the rich man went to hell, and Lazarus, the poor man who had sores and was a leper, all right, went to heaven. Well, Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. He was a certain disciple. We build some socialist communist rubbish in here. Praise God. I'm beginning to say rich men will not go to heaven. I'm rich. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If somebody is poor, it's okay. Hallelujah. The poor, listen, the poor in Christ is going to heaven. We are sons of God. But you see, I've been poor. I think rich is better. <laughs> Amen. Oh boy, no, I'm not doing that poor thing, man. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not doing that, man. No, 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 Listen, if you look at him as I refuse to be poor, I refuse to be, I refuse to be poor. Hallelujah. Refuse it. No, 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 no. All right, so let's go on. He says, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Notice that. Notice the communication. One died, they mentioned angels. The other died, they didn't mention anything. So that means when the man in Christ leaves his body, not die. When the man in Christ sleeps, there is a welcome party. When the one who is not in Christ sleeps, he's a stranger. He goes alone. Find your way. <laughs> Find your way. <laughs> Even devils don't bother. They don't bother. Say, you don't know your way. <laughs> don't you know your way? <laughs> Glory to God. He said he was carried by angels. A poor man he was carried by angels. I remember that vision of Jesus I saw. I told you about, right? I told you I saw angels and I saw chariots. And the spirit said, Don't think the chariots are normal chariots. He said, The angels and chariots are spirits. They are all ministering spirits. Hallelujah. So it was then I understood that when you read in a prophetic book and you see, Spirit beings, we'll talk about, and you'll be describing them as a wheel within a wheel, and all, they are all spirit. It's just, yeah, they spirit beings. Whether it's the wheel or the tire, it's a spirit. Hallelujah. All right. It's not an angel riding a bicycle. <laughs> the angel and the bicycle, they are spirits. Because it's not as well the angel rides a bicycle and he packs it. About me, whoa. <laughs> no, don't be carnal like that, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't be carnal. <laughs> Amen. Like some folks that feel that we are going to have mansions in heaven. Mansions. Then we will live inside the mansion. Then we now go in there, pack in there, and come out. How are you? How are you? Heaven Street? No. The Bible, but the mansions there is talking about your resurrected body. All right. He says, and in hell. Now, this rich man says, and in hell, he lifts up his eyes. He lifts up what? Which means this dude had eyes in hell. His body was on the earth. But his spirit man had what? Eyes. So you have, your spirit man has what? Eyes. That can see. Hallelujah. Then he goes on. He said, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now note this. He seeth Abraham. He had never met Abraham. But when he saw Abraham, he knew who Abraham was. It means that your spirit man does not need to meet someone to know them. 
you know what I mean? I was watching, I was watching one doc. I haven't seen, seen this documentary where a guy um, put something, a device on his head, and that thing is connected to the internet. They are working on some technology now that you put something on his head and the thing, they, you know, they put it inside his brain. So when he wants to access an information, he will access the internet with that chip in his brain. Ah, they've gone. No, I'm not. This is not something. I'm talking of something that they are doing. Yeah, they put inside guy's brain, so he can he can call on Google and search. It is they they've gone. It's attached to his cortex. Every single thing. Hallelujah. So they are working on those things. Let me just you understand. But think about it. All right, you do not need to be introduced to someone to know them. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Why? In the realm of the spirit, introductions are not necessary. He did not meet Abraham. He seeth Abraham and he knew him. Recognize Abraham. And, and Lazarus in his bosom. Praise God. Ne next verse, 24. Now pay attention. And he cried and said, Father Abraham recognized him. He said, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. This guy is a bad guy. In hell. <laughs> He still says, send the poor man. Ah! In hell. Very disrespectful. Hallelujah. He said, send Lazarus that he may what? Deep the tip of what? In hell. In the realm of the spirit, his body had form. So when you think of a spirit being, don't think about, stop thinking of Caspar the friendly ghost. You know Caspar? You understand? Caspar, that one that would just, you know, you know, it will become, you know, wind, then he will come and arrange himself again. And no, 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 no. All right? The spirit man, he has form. He has hands. He has legs. He can run. He can fly. Hallelujah. Praise God. There are no limits to him. In fact, in the earth realm, your limitation is your body. Your body is the one that puts a limit on you. Because with your body, you are aware of these surroundings. When you leave your body, you know, you are aware of the realm of the spirit. You understand? So that is why speaking in tongues is the means, glory to God, of increasing your awareness of the invisible realm so that you can what? Pay attention to it. So that is why it calls it okodomio, uh, all right? Another word for it is charging. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue charges himself. So you charge yourself so you can be 10% full. 20% charge, 30% charge, 40% charge. Then when you are 100% charge, hallelujah, your eyes begin to see. Your ears begin to hear. Hallelujah. Sometimes, I've had times when I'll be praying, I will hear a sound. But I'm alone in the room. Praise God. Amen. And before people think I'm, it's a psychotic case. <laughs> it's not like that, it's Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm talking about? When you're praying in tongues, the consciousness of that realm begins to come. Then you're not beginning to be aware of stuff. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You are well stuff. The many times, that's why some of you, I will just enter your, I will just send you a message. Right? I will wonder, ah, ah, you, what you just said. I was, I said, ah, I know somebody. Recently, I was praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. And I was praying in tongues. The Lord said, send that message and say, do not be dismayed and do not despair. And the moment I send in, dear God, the floodgates of despair just opened. The woman, the lady was just complaining, complaining, complaining. I was just smiling while I was looking at you see, he said, the Spirit of God said, I will talk to you. Praise God. 
Because that's what you are. You are not aware of the spiritual. Hallelujah. He said, all right. He said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in what? In water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in what? This flame. In hell, in the realm of spirituality, this man's spirit had a tongue. So when you are speaking in tongue, who is speaking? It is your spirit tongue that is speaking. So your spirit tongue is speaking, and how we hear it sound is how your outer man is giving expression to what your spirit man is saying. Are you following? So the man communicating is this, the man all right, born of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you something. This is why we don't pray for the fire of God. We can set ourselves ablaze. Amen? Why? Because there is a fire in you. Praise the Lord. There is a fire in you. Amen. You don't cry for direction. You have light in your spirit. You can draw from the well of light. Praise God. You don't pray for power. There is power in you. Hallelujah. You can draw from the well of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you gained understanding? Rise up on your feet and begin to talk in other tongues. How big can we get on the keyboard quickly? Just five minutes, just talking tongue. Legombra ange de baka do sopra agadadas. Edebedeko sopro do 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 bo do bo goshite te bahaya. Ramamba ba 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 bahaya. Edeke boko bori bo sondo do brohosa. Everybody talking in tongue. Just listen to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.